This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay on Thursday, July the 21st. Now, you know just how hot it's been this week and how the advice has been to keep hydrated. Well, imagine trying to cope when you haven't got any water. And we're not talking about a situation in another country here. This has been the case for thousands of people in villages across Kent. Those in Kensing, Paddock Wood, Charing, Dunkirk, East Peckham, Yalding and Molash have been affected. Well, we've spent the day in Cholloch, which hasn't had a proper supply of water since last Saturday. First, you're going to hear from Amy. Now, she lives near the primary school in the village and has been describing what it's been like for her. We haven't been able to wash any clothes for the last five days. Um, toilets, it takes three two-litre bottles to flush a toilet. So the choice is, do you let it build up, which is disgusting, I know, or do you, you know, source the water from elsewhere and purchase it? I managed to shower for the first time on Monday afternoon. I uh, haven't been able to shower since. My other half, we gave him a shower in the garden using bottled water because he'd done two 12-hour shifts, the hottest days of the year so far, Um and he'd leave work before they turn it on and he'd come home after they turned it off. So there was no way of actually, you know, for hygiene, ha- being able to, to have a bath or a shower. Um, we've got three dogs. You know, we're having to really kind of use our water sparingly to make sure that there's enough for them. There's enough to do your washing up if you're cooking. Um Obviously, the bathroom is a whole different scenario. Uh, so it's it's quite a dire situation. Nothing we've ever experienced before. And it sounds like it's really beginning to take its toll on the, the village as a whole. Absolutely. You can almost accept it for 24 hours. You can almost accept it for 48 hours. But day five, um, it's getting a little extreme. Amy was chatting there to our reporter, Chantal, who's also popped along to the barn shop in the village. It's already lost thousands of pounds worth of plants. She got there just as supplies were turned on for a short time and staff were frantically trying to water as much as they could. Paul Barkaway is the owner. It's the plants that we've had the main problem with because we, can't, we haven't been able to water. So last night I was here till quarter past 11 watering because someone, one of my customers texted me, said the water's come on, but it's only coming on for four hours. So I sort of legged it up here to get water. We've had chucked so much away. And of course, I'm not going to get that money back because no point in me trying to get it off the water board. They're not going to pay. And if I claim on my own insurance, my premium goes through the roof. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a pain, really. And then even things like cleaning, you know, trying to do any sort of cleaning has just been a right pain in the neck. We've been filling up buckets of water, but, you know, ideally you want to be using hot, fresh water all the time, not stuff that you've been having in buckets and things like flushing the toilets. We've been having to use buckets. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a nightmare, really. Mm. So, so it's on at the moment, you're managing yeah, to Yeah, water well, we've the just been told it's going to be on for like an hour and then that's it. So you just literally come, I said, quickly go and water what you can <laughs> just to sort of like hopefully say it survives because, yeah. you know, we've lost a lot so far and don't want to lose any more. Of course. And do you think that it's going to like reduce the amount of customers wanting to buy the plants because they. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't, 
doesn't help the quality of them um, if they're having to go through dry spells because especially earlier on in the week we had hottest stays on record and we couldn't water whereas probably especially on Tuesday when it was that hot we would have watered at least twice um, to keep them all up and we couldn't do anything um, and they don't always bounce back depends what sort of plants you're Eve Kiger lives in the village. She also works at the barn shop. We've already lost a lot of our stock because we've had no water. So yeah, it's it's important that we get it done. No, absolutely. Yeah. So does it comes on and off like intermittently? So it started Saturday and it was turned off about two o'clock. And we managed to bath as a household because we've got water in the tank. It was on for an hour or so Sunday morning and then went off again. It's been on and off and on and off. Tuesday, hottest day, we had the water was turned on when the reporters arrived and then it was turned off again. We didn't have enough water to bath. So three of us bathed in two inches of water because there was not enough water coming through the system to fill up our tank. So, yeah, we had, yeah. Three of us bathed in, including a two-year-old, bathed in two inches of water on the hottest day ever recorded. So, yeah, we just feel like, I think as a village, we feel like we've just been fobbed off and they said it's due to excessive use. Well, how can we use the water if it's not coming out of our taps? So that's all they said, it's it's excessive use, but we haven't been able to use it. So I don't quite understand how they can just say it's excessive use when we haven't had the water there to use it. Um, and yeah, it's just getting a beyond a joke yesterday. The village hall yesterday with the bottle water situation, that all ran out, which obviously, you know, it has been very hot. Um, and you do need to keep your fluids up. So we were allocated 12 litres per household a day to start off with, which I think by law they have to provide 10 litres per person a day. So we were only given 12 litres per household, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Why which, do you think that is? Do you think, I think they just because they out? hadn't got the resources to bring to the village hall, which is obviously why it, it's run out, because there's not been enough brought in. Um, they're saying that they're replenishing the reservoirs in the village overnight, but that they can't be because we still haven't got any water in the morning. So how can they re- be replenishing it? when it's still not there in the mornings for us to use. Um, So yeah, feel very fobbed off, feel very fobbed off and let down. You know, we all have rising cost of living and they still expect us to pay their their bills, won't they? And finally, we can hear from resident Jonathan Parker. Yeah, it's been six days. Uh, There's been intermittent supply that uh, seems to have been managed so that... uh, the water companies aren't switching us off entirely. Who knows whether that's uh, to do with compensation or not. Um, it got pretty difficult yesterday and the day before um, as things like lose, couldn't flush them, couldn't have showers. This morning it had, uh, it had come back and water pressure seemed to be, seemed to be back. I haven't been up back home to see whether it's still on though. Gosh, that's awful. Um, how's it affecting your family? So you said you've got children. Yeah, it's just very difficult, mm. very difficult to manage day to day. I think more frustrating than anything is the lack of information. Mm. Nobody knows why Chulloch hasn't got water. Mm. Um, and Southeastern Waters say it's to do with um, a water shortage in the local area. 
but surely it can't be a water shortage, just for one village. Now, why is all this happening? Well, South East Waters say it's down to high demand from customers, and they say it's vital we reduce non-essential use. On Tuesday, the hottest day on record, the company says it pumped 140 million litres of additional water into its network just to keep up with high demand. Now, that's the equivalent of adding four towns to the size of Maidstone to its network overnight. Despite that, they still haven't been able to keep up with demand. The very latest is that supplies to the Faversham, Paddock Wood and Wateringbury areas are now back to normal, but work is still going on to clear airlocks in Kemsing and West Kingsdown, and intermittent supplies will continue to affect Cholock, Charing and Molash. Lee Dance is from the company. Our water resource stocks are actually in a, in a fairly good position for the time of year. The, the challenge has been um, that the amount that we can get into the network and through the network um, is, is only just meeting uh, demand and, and in some cases we're having to rely on the storage within that network to, to to meet demand where it's where it's gone a bit higher than we would normally expect it to be so so it's a that, that's been the key challenge for us it's the very very high sustained demands we've seen at the same period of time which is why um we we're making the appeal to to our customers more generally just to just to be mindful about their use and, and to really try and help us by um, re- reducing where they can. Um, there are a number of things that people can do. So um, in not watering your lawns uh, is a good one. They, they they will go brown, but they're very resilient. They will come back um, very quickly when it, when it starts to rain again. Um, we know people are enjoying the sun with paddling pools. It's just about being mindful about how uh, and, and moderate how much water you, you put into the pool maybe look at topping up and extending the, the the time it's used and then thinking really really hard about um reusing that water so getting a second use out of it so um giving the gardener a, um, a watering or filling up um empty uh, water butts and those sort of things and we really would urge people to um, just hold off the the, the hose pipe use if they can uh, during this period and use a watering can uh, so there's some of the things out outside. Inside, there's a, there's a couple of uh, things, uh, small things that would also make a great difference. So, um, when um, uh, washing, uh, clean your teeth, uh, not to leave the touch running, or not to leave the touch running more generally. Uh, maybe trying to shave a minute off your your shower use each each day, and um, just ensuring that when when washing up, if, if you have a dishwasher, making sure it's full, or if you have a uh, if you have a bowl, just use and use, um, hand wash, and just use a use a bowl in the in in the sink instead. So they're all things that that um, collectively could make a huge um, difference uh, to us. So so if customers can can work with us uh, just over this period. It would be hugely appreciated. You can also read this story and keep us updated if you've been affected at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a man's appeared at Crown Court accused of murdering his partner in Margate. Mum of three, Samantha Murphy, died in hospital after being stabbed on Alfreda Close last week. 38-year-old Thomas Allen, who lives on the same road, appeared via video link and a provisional trial date's been set for January. He's due back in court next month along with a 26-year-old woman who's 
charged with assisting an offender. A man's died after going overboard from a yacht off the coast of Thanet. The air ambulance, Coast Guard helicopter and two lifeboats were called out to Ramsgate yesterday afternoon. The Royal Temple Yacht Club say the man in his 50s was a member of their racing fleet. He's been described as much loved and respected. Now, it's been an incredibly busy time for firefighters in Kent and pictures at Kent Online today show the aftermath of a blaze that ripped through a garage and destroyed a car in Longfield overnight. 18 properties, in fact, had to be evacuated on the drive as the blaze involved gas cylinders. Well, crews have since made the area safe, so residents have been able to return to their homes. Meantime, a police station in Folkestone had to be evacuated following a fire. It broke out on the second floor of the town centre building yesterday evening. Thankfully, no one was injured. And elsewhere, two businesses near Ashford have been badly damaged. The blaze on the counter building's industrial estate in Woodchurch is thought to have been caused when power cables touched and ignited trees during the extreme heat on Tuesday. Well, Moonlight limos lost their party bus and five cars were destroyed at Master Tech Automotive. Well, you may have seen earlier in the week that other wildfires broke out across the county on Tuesday. And the Kent Online podcast has been told how wildlife will recover. Blazes swept through large areas of heathland and grass around Dartford. Trees were left charred and the ground scorched. Well, I've been speaking to Stan Smith and he's from the Kent Wildlife Trust. Our British wildlife is, has really just never seen this these kind of temperatures before, same as we haven't. So they're really not sort of... Um evolved to cope with these types of uh, situations. We, we don't have a history of fire within our, within our woodlands and within our landscapes in this country. And so this really is a new frontier for our, for our um, species and for our habitats, just, just the same as it is for us. And how would wildlife have been coping anyway with the particularly dry weather we've had and, and the relatively hot temperatures leading up to yesterday? Well, in the areas where we have, um, you know, dense woodland and, uh, and, and sort of long lush sort of meadows, then the habitat, uh, the wildlife is very good at kind of you know squirreling away down into down into little burrows uh, and and sort of finding the cooler spots in the shade. You know they're they're very used to kind of managing that kind of situation. It's just where we have these much more open habitats and these kind of unprecedented temperatures where you know it's really going to affect uh, affect animals in a much more more negative kind of way. The the thing that is uh, really positive though is even where we've had these really sort of devastating uh, you know small uh, local fires. Um, wildlife where it's connected is able to move back into those areas and so those populations they will bounce back the problem comes when these habitats are really disconnected from each other and so it's all about trying to link up those those areas it's about connectivity about species being able to move across our landscapes and that, that way they can be more resilient to these kinds of events, which may become more frequent in the future. It's incredible to hear that they would return to an area. Presumably that would take quite a long time, would it? You would need the woodlands to, to regrow and things before they, they eventually go back there. Yeah, absolutely. For, 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 for types of habitats which take a long time to establish, you know, mature woodlands will take decades to, to, to recover, recover. But you'd start to see seedlings bouncing back within a few, even a few weeks in the summer, you can, you can start to see seedlings bounce back very very quickly and so smaller mammals and smaller animals will start to be able to recolonize quite quickly and in fact in the first few few um, sort of days in which you may see some some interesting kind of plants start to, to pop up those really early colonizers can take advantage of the, the newly newly open space but uh, if there's not a connected you know if there's not a connected area into um, existing habitats that haven't been affected then, then that's going to take a much much longer time we need our habitats to be more resilient to, to climate change be more diverse, the more diversity that's in there, the more resilient they are to these kinds of impacts, 
the more um, species there are to, to move back in and make it take advantage of that. And so we really just need to make sure that our habitats are as connected as they can possibly be so that they can recover from events like this. We all know how threatened wildlife is anyway, particularly our pollinators at, at the moment. What were your thoughts when you saw those fires sweeping through woodlands and, and grassland? I mean, it, someone doing the work that you do, it, it must be very, very, well, not, not demoralising, but it, it just must be difficult to see those sorts of scenes. It, it really is. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really alarming to see. It's not something that we're used to seeing in, in this country you know fires are a, are a sort of a more natural part of of habitats in sort of more southern places um, but here we're just not used to that nor, nor is our wildlife and so it is it, you know it really can be quite upsetting to see these kinds of scenes the the types of things that you know the the comfort that we can take is that the more that we do as, as conservationists the more that conservationists can do to make these landscapes as resilient as possible more diversity packing as much wildlife as we possibly can into them gives them the best possible chance to 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 recover this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group with car dealerships in canterbury and maidstone the family of murdered kent pcso julia james are calling for her killer to remain behind bars for the rest of his life callum wheeler was sentenced earlier this month and told he'll have to serve at least 37 years for attacking the mum of two in snowdown in april last year julia's children have posted on social media saying they hope authorities can consider the 22-year-old who's from Aylsham too dangerous to ever be released. Firefighters are dealing with a suspected gas leak from a tanker in Aylesford. Two fire engines were called to the Quarrywood Industrial Estate just after half eight this morning. We're told there's no immediate danger to the public. Now, a watchdog says the government's response to people crossing the Channel to Kent in small boats has been poor and the system is overwhelmed. It found the number making the journey, which is more than 15,000 this year, is unprecedented and also discovered issues within leadership. They're the findings of Chief Inspector of Borders and Immigration, David Neal. There was poor record keeping, uh, poor data collection, old equipment was being used that was unreliable and personnel were um, moved around and tasked in a really inefficient way. A separate report also found many people are left languishing in hotels where the Home Office insists it's transformed how it handles people since the inspection. A centre in Medway that supports adults with severe learning difficulties is set to close after getting into money trouble. Caring Choices in Chatham currently looks after 45 vulnerable people and is said to owe cash following a change in the law over VAT payments. Well, if the finances can't be sorted, it's understood it will shut at the end of next month. Families say the news has come completely out of the blue. Kent Online reports. Next up, we've got a fascinating listen here. A Medway woman who was diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer when she was in her late 20s and told she had about a year to live is now cancer free 17 years later. Rebecca Papa Adams, who's been in remission for a couple of years now, has had to endure nine major life saving operations. Well, it took 18 months for the 45 year old from Hempstead to be diagnosed, and she's urging anyone with concerns to pester their GP for proper checks. She's also hoping to carry on the work of Dame Deborah James, bowel babe, who passed away from the disease last month. Well, Rebecca has been chatting to our reporter, Ish. During that first year, it was uh, quite a whirlwind, um, a bit of a roller coaster with everything I had to um, endure. Um, and I remember being having my 30th birthday actually in hospital um, and, and I couldn't celebrate it, but I was waiting to have a um, a surgery again, emergency surgery. So 
I remember getting to that point thinking I never I never thought I would make my 30th let alone um, where I am today. And uh, am I right in saying that you're you're cancer free now? I am cancer free. I've been in remission now for quite a few years. Um, however, <laughs> it's all the aftermath um, that you have to um, keep battling on with and it almost it just doesn't stop. How has that I guess permanently changed your life? Yes, it has permanently now it has permanently changed my life. Um, I have recently undergone more surgery. So I've uh, been home now since my last surgery for the last three weeks. Um, and I had um, a permanent um, ileostomy fitted. And um, that's kind of the last resort now um, to try and help me deal with all the symptoms that I've been left with. Um, I mean, for the last few years, I was struggling to get out of my house um, with having issues bowel issues um which are very embarrassing so you kind of stop venturing out because it's just not worth the hassle um and um luckily we eventually found an a-team of surgeons um through um private cover um to undergo the surgery that i very much needed i mean at the time when you were diagnosed you were already at stage four I mean, how, how important is spotting the signs early and pushing for that early diagnosis? I was misdiagnosed for about a year and a half um, and I kept going back and forth to my GP and um, kept saying I was, I was too young for bowel cancer. I was being, you know, um, I was being diagnosed for um, IBS and um, um, piles. So it, it just got progressively worse and I, I couldn't cope with it. Um, and then I kind of turned to my husband and I told him what was going through and how bad it had got. And obviously he was devastated. He didn't realise the extent of what I'd been experiencing until he saw it um, in the actual toilet. Um, and then that's where the alarm bells kind of um, went off. And he took me to see a private um, consultant and um, the irony of it was that I'd been to see my GP and he eventually referred me. Um, that letter came through. I had 17 weeks waiting, but I um, saw a private consultant and he said to me, if I hadn't seen him within four weeks, I'd be dead. When you sort of reflect on it now and, and, and knowing obviously the, the, the ongoing impact you still have, I mean, that must be incredibly frustrating um, to, to not have got that obviously early diagnosis. You know, you kind of... Um, have trust in your GP you know you're you're going back and forth but then and then the other thing is you, you've only got five minutes in a, in a at the time it was a five minute appointment and you could only give one um issue to your GP you know you'd have to make another appointment to give another issue another problem so for me to go and say look I've got x y and z it, you just feel like you're taking up the GP's time um it was just crazy crazy times I was I was going through and I really do wish that I'd been you know heard earlier on and somebody had uh, listened to me um to my issues and my problems from day one because I mean they said to me had I been caught early I wouldn't have had all this surgery um it would have been chemotherapy radiotherapy and you know I wouldn't have had all my bowel removed um my liver I had, obviously went to my liver so I had secondary cancer in the liver um and that had that 70 percent of the liver resected um which left me in a, a terrible state as well um so it was just and you know after that I had 
so many different surgeries related to that. Um, and it was just never ending. Um, and I, I wanted to kind of um, get out there and speak about it. But I was just, you know, year after year, I was just experiencing um, the ongoing um, effect of having surgery. Yeah. And, and on that point, uh, a, a crucial point about raising awareness of the condition, um, it, uh, you know, bowel cancer in particular, there's been more of a spotlight on that um, through Dame Deborah James, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, she had the same cancer. How much of an impact do you think her podcast, how much of her an impact has her campaign, you know, check your poo, that message, how much of an impact do you think that's had? Well, it's incredible what she's achieved. Um, you know, what a lady. I mean, I just wish I had that back in the day. Um, people out there, please listen to, to what, she's, what she's given um, to everybody out there. It's just so important that you do check. Um, and if there is an issue, to not feel um, embarrassed about it. I mean, that's the big issue to feel embarrassed to go and see your GP. Whenever I've spoken to anybody, they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's nothing. It's a bit of this. It actually is, you know, and um, until you get a diagnosis, you can't diagnose yourself. Um, and, and I think it's really, really important to go, not just see a general practitioner, but to see a consultant to cross your T's and dot your I's, if you like. Um, you know, or the other way around. But, you know, it's just so important to to get yourself checked. We do thank Rebecca ever so much for sharing her story. You can also read that report at Kent Online. A report's found staff shortages at a Sheppey prison could be escalating violence among inmates. The Independent Monitoring Board has blamed low pay and says a lack of body-worn cameras is also adding to the problems at HMP Swale site. There have been seven deaths there in the last year and inspectors have written to the Justice Minister to express their concerns. The company that operates the Eurotunnel in Folkestone has started making a profit again as demand increases after Covid. Getlink had a pre-tax revenue of £222 million in the first half of this year. That's compared to £105 million loss at the same point in 2021. And the summer getaway is already causing delays at Dover and Folkestone as schools start to break up for the summer holidays. There are long queues for border control and security checks on the ferries and for passenger and freight using Eurotunnel services as well. You may remember, of course, that Operation Brock is back in force on the M20. Dover Tap is in place as well to manage the traffic. You can listen to updates on our sister radio station KMFM. You can also follow the travel blog on Kent Online. Kent Online reports. Controversial plans for a KFC in a former Oast House in Snodland have been scrapped. The drive-through on Hollow Lane was given planning permission back in 2020 after initially being turned down by the local council. But building work never started, where the podcast has now been told the site is up for sale and has permission for housing. Pupils at a school in Medway say they're going to miss their teacher so much when she retires They've got a cardboard cut out of her to keep an eye on them in the classroom. Cara Marco is retiring after more than 30 years at Swingate Primary in Lordswood. I'll miss the children the most. Um, I'll miss the daily coming in and seeing their faces, um, coming in going good morning and um, telling me their news. On a Monday, you know, it's a litany of, a litany of, of um, I've been to the park, I've been to Legoland, I've been here, I've been to Nanny's, and it's that, it's that um, constant 
I suppose, um, working with them and talking with them, which I shall miss most. Well, the children have been sharing their favourite memories of her too. Well, one of my favourite memories is that um, whenever I was to hurt myself or fall over or if I wasn't feeling that, um, like, feeling right, then she'd always be there to help me and um, support me. She, was, she always frightened everyone's day. Always when she was reading a story about, I don't know, maybe the caterpillar, the hungry caterpillar, she would always make it sound like we're actually in the story instead of it just being, we're just listening to it. We'll miss you, Mrs Marco. We do wish Karen all the very best and hope she enjoys a very happy retirement. Stranger Things actor David Harbour has been spotted enjoying the sunny weather down in Margate. The 47-year-old was joined by his wife Lily Allen, who's filming a new show in the town. You can see pictures of him at Kent Online trying out an escape room. And a former Kent footballer has entered the Love Island villa. Jamie Allen used to play for Dover Athletic before signing for Halifax Town in 2019. He's left their pre-season camp to fly out to Mallorca. Kent Online Sport. Football and England are through to the semi-finals of the Women's Euros after a dramatic victory over Spain last night. Ella Toon scored an equaliser thanks to an assist by Alicia Russo from Maidstone. Georgia Stanway then got an absolute screamer of a winning goal in extra time. Well, let's get reaction from Maidstone's Alicia Russo. It was a tough one. Obviously, Spain have some unbelievable talent and as a squad, they're really hard to play against. But we grinded it out and... Um, yeah, buzzing to come away with the win. You wait for your chance and, and when you get it, you got to just go out there and help the team in ways that you can. I think the girls that started and played and did amazing and, and wore, wore the team out and started to get momentum going and then obviously the two goals at the end topped it off. I think we've always had a bit of a target on our back since the tournament started really, so don't think too much has changed, but yeah, we're really excited to face the top teams. Like That's what it's all about now. Um, the group stages are done and now you're facing the best of the rest, so I think we're really excited for the semis. Hearing people watching it all over the country and all over the world too um, is so exciting for women's football and I think that hopefully more will tune in for the semi-final. England's game against Sweden or Belgium next Tuesday will be shown on a giant screen in Trafalgar Square. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. Plus, see the former slip roads on the M20 that have been reclaimed by nature. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.